A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, Jack Evans is leaving AEW. We're going to talk about the real reason Kushida quit WWE. Steve Austin is open to WrestleMania 39. But first of all, we have the latest on WWE's reported interest in a top AEW act. I'm Andy Murray. I'm Michael Sidgwick. And this is the news. Let's kick things off by talking about FTR. FTR. Interest from WWE in bringing those fellas back reportedly once their AEW contracts expire. Uh, the report came through from Fightful Select last night, stating that WWE internally had at least brought up the idea of potentially bringing back the tag team formerly known as The Revival. Now, it was noted in the original report here the FTR's contracts were due to expire this summer at some point, but AEW had a one-year option, an extension option, that they may yet exercise on the contract. Now, Fightful updated their post shortly afterwards to say that AEW had informed them that FTR actually had over a year left on their contract. So whether or not that was originally the case, or maybe if AEW have exercised that option, that's unclear. Uh, but FTR are going to be in AEW for at least a year longer. They're bound to the company yet, and that means that WWE can't approach them uh, legally. They get sued. <laughs> it would be bad. Um, but it's an interesting situation to consider. FTR turned down huge big money offers from WWE uh, prior to leaving the company in 2020. We're going to go into this situation just a little bit more when we get to our Twitter questions today, specifically regards to how they might fit in WWE and why they might want to go back. But yeah, pretty surprising story to see breaking. I can see why, you know, people within WWE would be interested in bringing any talented act into the company. Um, but I can't really see that happening. I can't see it happening either. Again, we'll delve into the whys and the why therefores. Um imminently when we get to the Twitter questions later on. I will say, however, before we answer that question as to where they might fit in, etc., the need to bring in new acts has become increasingly stark, particularly when watching NXT 2.0 last night, which quite frankly was a bit of a disaster. If you want to know why it was a disaster, listen to our podcast later on today, wherever you get your podcasts from. It underscored the need for WWE to really think about its future. And if the future is with present-day acts, then it's a lot brighter than what we saw from NXT 2.0 last night. But stick around, because I've got a, a little bit of a theory as to why it's not so implausible, this rumour. Anyway... Lovely stuff. Why have I stalled? I don't know. Jack Evans. Jack Evans. 
He's leaving AEW. Uh, he confirmed as much himself on Twitter last night, actually, uh, tweeting that he's had a fun and enjoyable run with the company, but it's coming to an end. Uh, he will not be re-signed when his contract expires in April. We'd like to thank everyone at AEW and the fans for the opportunity. So Evans has been with AEW since, uh, I believe they had, they had a little vignette that aired in May, him and Angelico coming to AEW. Uh, the hybrids who were obviously considerable mid-level players in the tag division early on. They wrestled at the first double or nothing. Best friends they, they were defeated by on that event. Um, but their usage has kind of waned over the past couple of years. Most recently, Jack's most prominent role would have been when he had his head shaved after losing to Orange Cassidy. That was actually his last appearance on AEW TV. He's worked a few dark tapings since then, but there have been some complications with him. I believe late last year, he, he, got, he was in a weird situation with yeah, the Mexican police, bizarre. wasn't he? Where he was being held against his will and extorted, uh, allegedly. So strange stuff going on there with him. But Jack, Jack was very open on Twitter about this whole situation and like usually I'm not in favour of, of responding to the troll accounts and giving them oxygen you know who those accounts are I'm not going to name them um, but when it's a pro wrestler who has direct experience of these things uh, coming and dispelling myths it's a healthy thing to do and appreciate Jack's honesty here uh, replying to a bunch of different people here uh, stating at one point that it's just part of the business your contract comes up uh, if the company doesn't want to renew you then the business arrangement is over there's obviously a huge difference between people leaving companies at the end of their contract and being cut 18 months into a five-year deal uh, as we've gone over several times but critical of himself here Jack Evans saying not to diss myself but I wasn't giving any added value to the company and truthfully with a big roster you got to do what you got to do uh, he said as well I think that the release is largely because after the four-month COVID layoff and then the time off from the broken face I had a performance drop that I never really came back from so I think Jack Evans was a really cool guy to sign early on because yeah. He's a tenured indie veteran. He was there in the heyday of Ring of Honor doing the do-rag and the vest gimmick, all the high-flying stuff, uh, and probably an influence on a lot of the younger wrestlers in that company who would have been indie fans back in the day. But clearly, it seems that both parties agree the time had come, and he is on his way. Yeah, thoroughly expected development. This, I think, you could infer from his lack of TV time that it was all trending towards his direction. I think, to be fair to Jack Evans, I would say possibly signing with a major league at this point in his career was about five years too late, given his performance level. And he works a sort of style as well that is more exposed. The more thrashed a performer gets, I just think it was five years too late for the guy. Uh, respect for what he's done in the uh, in the indie scene throughout his career and never really materialised for him on the AEW stage. And, you know, he's frankly been very refreshing throughout his AEW tenure. I think he was um, added by one of his fans who's more than within their rights to say this and they were sort of complaining about his um, lack of profile and his um, being underutilised by AEW and uh, Jack Evans had something quite interesting to say and this is about two years ago maybe at this point. He was asked why you're not being used more and he said frankly the adjustment to national television was something that he didn't really um, sort of like he didn't really account for how difficult it would be. He said that's a very um, promo-based company, a very storytelling-based company, and he said that all wrestling sh uh, schools should add to their curriculum how to pitch angles, how to really do some Americanized TV storytelling, because he was pitching stuff, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something to the effect of, I was just pitching, like, oh, I talk trash about this act, and we have a match, and I think he himself said that, you know, AEW's booking is more sophisticated than that, and he struggled to sort of get himself on television as a result. Look, he will make money on the independent scene for as long as they will welcome him and I think given his contributions to it 
that will be for a long time yet. Yeah, for sure. He has significant tenure in Mexico as well. Yeah. He actually uh, worked for Riot, the, the Mexican indie promotion, last month a couple of days. So, hey, best luck to him. One, one time, the one time I've seen Jack Evans live was at a London indie show in 2017. I was sitting in the front row. He wrestled Will Ospreay. And for half of the match, he had a cigarette in his mouth. Very funny guy. So, personalities there. Good luck to Jack Evans. Uh, Kushida, he's left WWE. Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but we've had follow-ups on it. Uh, the most notable one coming from Joe Lanza of the Flagship Wrestling Podcast. Uh, diving into the ins and outs and, and the whys of why Kushida has decided to leave WWE. And, uh, I mean, if you've got a working imagination, you can probably figure it out. Uh, it's because Jack at time absolutely sucked. Uh, <laughs> that's not how it's stated here. I'll run through the report bit by bit. Um, but, yes... Uh, Kushida, he'd been with WWE since 2019, and he's been in contact with several New Japan wrestlers since leaving that company for WWE, showing displeasure at the way he'd been booked, specifically following NXT's developmental shift into 2.0 in September 2021. Specifically, he cited Jacket Time and all the comedy skits with Ikim and Jiro as something he didn't enjoy, and he felt that following the transformation from Black and Gold into 2.0, uh, that the new regime wasn't as behind him as previous ones were. Plus, he decided to leave. Now, there's a lot of really good stuff in this report. Um, having departed Japan on good terms the first time around in 2019, Kushida reportedly didn't really fancy his chances much of becoming a major star in American wrestling, but felt that during his physical prime that he should at least give it a go. And that he did. The year contract, it's now expired. Didn't work out for him, unfortunately, but seemingly New Japan, a return there is back on the table. Uh, now, amongst the reasons for his initial New Japan departure were a general feeling of stagnation uh, in the junior heavyweight division. He's like a five-time champion there, so that's understandable. Uh, and a lack of opportunities to compete as a heavyweight. Now, with regards to potentially returning to New Japan here, Kushida's already been in contact with the booking team to pitch ideas. Uh, so he's interested in dropping his old back to the future inspired babyface gimmick he he wants to work heel join a faction and do kind of an mma inspired character which has always been part of his in-ring arsenal at the very least he's interested as well in working for leading indie group gleet with strong hearts leader shima among his desired opponents there is a bit of collaboration between new japan and gleet at the moment with strong hearts crossing over into that programming now uh it's noted here in the report that kushida's friends in new japan are treating his return as a given uh, pretty much uh, nothing is guaranteed he's a free agent of course he could conceivably go somewhere else but that he's already in communication with the promotion certainly bodes well and points in that direction so yeah and as he left WWE at the end of his contract rather than being released he doesn't have a non-compete clause yeah absolutely so he could conceivably like sort of jump into any promotion whenever he goddamn pleases the only thing genuinely that shocked me um, about this report is that he was somewhat happy or at least relatively happy in the old black and gold era of NXT um, because quite frankly he was a sporadic appearance on that television program he was 50-50 booked throughout he was never really presented as this huge star akin to the um, the old model of the guy in the front row who would come immediately get launched into the title picture and this never really happened for Kushida and quite frankly I think they underutilised him from the jump he didn't really do much in terms of his like I understand why he left New Japan in the first place that it was getting stagnant um, but they could have at least preserved that version of Kushida because as you said he was in his physical prime he still had lots and lots to offer but they seemingly were never truly interested in him as a top player even on the NXT brand it's the best move for all parties Jack at time were quite frankly an absolute disgrace yeah couldn't agree more 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, Steve Austin now. Final story of this video before we hit the Twitter questions. He's appeared on the Brewbound podcast, Beer. He's a big beer man, as you all know. Uh, talking about his wrestling stuff as well. Dusting off the boots to face Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. First match in 19 years. What a riot of a time that was. Uh, stating that he's already feeling at 100% physically. That's good to hear. Said he did have a little cold uh, after returning home. But he's he's feeling good. Which is great to hear given his injury history. And his previous reticence at the idea of coming out of retirement for a match. Now... As far as WrestleMania 39 goes, uh, Austin said that, well, he, he's pretty much sure that he's done wrestling. Uh, he would answer the call if Vince wanted him to appear at the at the event next year in Hollywood. Uh, he said the following, I can't imagine I won't be there in some capacity. I'm not booking myself on the show because I didn't book myself on WrestleMania 38. That's a Vince thing. And I have a great relationship with him. But if I get the call, I'll be there. Um... I, I don't know if we'll see another Steve Austin match. It sounds like he's uh, quite happy with the line he has drawn under his career now following the Kevin Owens match. Good to hear he might be in the house though. I mean, who wouldn't want to relive WrestleMania 38 night one? That main event spectacle, the whole segment, was like an angle come match. It was absolutely thrilling. It was absolutely great. Tremendous entertainment value, heightened by the fact that they really hit each other quite shockingly hard yeah. at various points. I'd be absolutely bang up for that again. It seems like he could be very much persuaded. Um, and I don't think there's any risk whatsoever of a diminishing return. It's goddamn Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was forever over back in the day. He's going to be forever over as long as he's not wrestling. Even if he wrestled every month, this is Steve Austin we're talking about. I don't think it would get a diminished return factor even then. If it's an annual WrestleMania thing, 
I welcome it because they can't build new stars. They might as well exhume the stars from the past and there were a few bigger stars than Steve Austin that he can still kind of really go. So absolutely, I'm on board for this purely speculative story. Let's do it. Anyway, let's head over to our Twitter questions for the day. I actually put the thread out a little bit at a different time this time. It dawns on me that maybe... Yanks. Yeah, it dawns on me that maybe tweeting at 6 o'clock in the morning UK time isn't the best. It's only like um, Hangman Hollywood... PS page parody who's up at that time. Yeah, and a, cu- a couple of regulars who have figured out the kind of the, the format to get on, but I'm doing it a bit different, so look out for evening UK time uh, tonight as well. But John Harrison comes through, he of many musical talents, of course. John oh, of Harrison course, yeah. uh, asks, Good evening slash good morning, boys. Uh, just got up on Rampage. Is Hangman turning heel? In my mind, at least, there were some points during the match uh, where he seemed to be working heel. What do you reckon? Have a great day. I think that more than anything else, rather than leaning into some kind of heel turn or teasing towards that, I just think Hangman Page, the character, hates Adam Cole. Yeah, I have to agree (laughs) with that. It's very interesting because the obvious direction um, is Hangman Page versus CM Punk. Now, on the surface, this appears to be um, a a bizarre move. You do not want to pit two fan favourites against one another. They're obviously going to pick a side. And once you sort of break the dam of someone sort of getting asked to get booed. It's really hard to sort of stem that flow. However, the two people involved, Punk and Adam Page, I would genuinely put up there with two of the most intelligent storytellers in the entire industry right now, perhaps even historically. I don't know what story they're going to tell. And I still have almost complete faith that they are going to play it somewhat perfectly. I don't think Hangman Page is going to um, turn heel. If anything, I think they're going to really try. Whether this succeeds or not is another question. But I think they're really going to try and have him be the ultimate top babyface, top star of AEW at the expense of CM Punk at double or nothing. CM Punk's incredibly over. It's going to be nothing if not fascinating, but I think the intention is to keep him babyface for now. And as a slight look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite, we've got a question here from Jamie Reeve, uh, asking if Tony Khan's big announcement is a New Japan co-promoted show, uh, what is the card if you're booking? Uh, We had a lot of questions about this, so I've just kind of picked one of them here, but shout-outs to everyone who asked about this. There was a lot of people asking for our matches. I think we go go one match each. I think that's a good idea. Uh, no, I can have two. You can have, you can have as many as you want, really, mate, Cheers, to man. be honest. Uh, uh, Jamie here says, I know it's an obvious one, but I'm booking Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., which would be a great technical time. Michael, what have you got? I've got two. That's obviously one of them. There are, like, there are so many infinite possibilities here that they should do several shows of this nature, in fact. But the two that really jump out to me, interestingly, of late, MJF, and I think he knows what he's doing, is taken to burying New Japan Pro Wrestling in the media. He's described it as, quote-unquote, the sh... Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> he says that the Great Okan is the only one that he likes, which is tremendous <laughs> because it's sort of dovetails and it was WWE shtick because Great Okan swiping a great fundamental wrestler plays like sort of a, a theatrical persona. So given that he's sort of going to be the antagonist towards New Japan Pro Wrestling, I would put him against the heart of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh it's the best babyface versus heel match they have. That's it would appear tremendous. that MGF is working towards it. Just the dynamic of the biggest dickhead versus the biggest hero. Both wrestlers like luxuriate and do incredibly well in the spaces between moves, selling, telling a really traditional pro wrestling story um, match. I think it could be tremendous on the other side of that, a more explosive state-of-the-art modern match, and this is more fraught with political um, difficulties because I could see 
it's gonna be like 50-50 Buchan, but a great version of it on the night because that's what happens with politically sort of uh, complicated cards such as this. So I wouldn't be able to book a winner, therefore I don't think it's gonna happen, <laughs> but it's fantasy pipe dream Buchan. Just for the sheer explosive factor, Hangman Page versus Shingo Takagi would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> Both of those are unreal and I can't really better them. So I've booked a match that I would like uh, purely from a fan's perspective. My favorite wrestler of all time is Tomohiro Ishii. I think he's also one of the best defensive wrestlers of all time in terms of his selling and his comebacks and his conveying a sense of struggle. He's particularly great at this advanced stage in his career against bigger, more imposing, stronger wrestlers, monsters. Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, There's your guy. yes. There's your guy. He would help make Hobbs look like a million dollars. It would be a big scalp for Hobbs to take on his ongoing star making process. It would be a lot of fun. I would like to see Hobbs emote for Ishii kicking out of one of his big moves at one and then powering up like he always does. Um, big Tom doesn't always empty the tank these days. He's old, he's worked a physically intense stump style he's taking a lot of bumps there are tag matches where you can see him and you're just like oh, oh it's kind of fading away but then i watched the suzuki match from windy city riot and let me tell you it might only be once every three months but the big man can still big man he's like five seven big tom can still big go. aura man <laughs> there you go um yeah that's what i'd like to see uh final question comes from josh who asks other than money, <laughs> what incentives seemingly are there for FTR to go back to WWE right now? WWE's tag division seems to be lacking, except for a few certain teams, and it looks like FTR likes the position they are in currently. Uh, unload. <laughs> it's interesting because the Cody thing has changed everything. It was a very sobering reminder that um, people can jump from between two promotions. Legacy and money are two different things, and sometimes one follows the other. And this is what's interesting about this particular act in this particular rumor. We know that this is the FTR year. They could finish this year tomorrow and probably still be in contention for tag team of the year, if not right at the top of that pile. They are also working the American Wolves on an indie show imminently. They've worked the Briscoes. They are going through their dream matches, and they've used the word legacy quite often to sum up this phase of their career on social media when promoting their matches of late, which is interesting because once you've established that legacy, they might just be tempted to do a retirement fund. Now, what's also interesting about this is SmackDown is SmackDown. It's not a very good television show. Neither for that matter, subjectively, is Raw. However, the tag team division has nothing if not a bit of profile about it at this point. The booking isn't particularly sophisticated. We get a lot of non-finishes. We get a lot of rematches, but they are on TV every single week. They are getting time. There was like a half an hour triple threat tag match, yeah. which is up there in terms of um, honorable mentions for WWE's match of the entire year. Now, I think the one common denominator about Raw's profile and the tag team division of late is that Randy Orton happens to be in it. Precedent would suggest that once a top star is taken away from the tag team division, Vince McMahon simply does not care about tag team wrestling and quite frankly I can't see Randy Orton and Riddle being a tag team by the time that FTR's contract expires right now if they were free agents and they were discussing their options they might be tempted to think you know what like Randy Orton is a great friend of theirs they admire him massively and they might be thinking I want to get a match with RK bro but if that match is off the table in a year which it almost certainly will be I can't imagine them leaving yeah I'm in the same boat I think that it's interesting to talk about these situations case by case because the Cody thing is what it is. We've picked that apart at great length. But then there are other people like, like there are certain people who the circumstances of the previous time in WWE 
are completely different to Cody's. And like a guy like John Moxley, I, from the way he speaks, I can never see that no. man going back. Even though his, his contract is up soon, doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, particularly as his, his book is like 50% him eepering Triple H and WWE and all of the, not Triple H, but you know, WWE. All Kevin of, Dunn mostly. Kevin Dunn, yeah. All Fantastic. the dumb ideas that, that, that came his way. Uh, and I think at least right now, maybe FTR are in a similar boat. Usi Hot was the thing. They did some knuckle-headed rubbish stuff with those guys. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, when you get later in your career and maybe you want to not have the demands of having to work five-star matches or whatever else you want to dub it, uh, maybe the retirement fund question does come into it. So right now, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't think there's much incentive at all. They would, they liked working with Randy before, didn't they? When they did yeah, the, they really were interested in doing a faction with yeah. them when they were like sort of informally almost associated on WWE TV. Yeah. But they were desperate to leave for like a good long year before they were eventually allowed. Like I think there'll still be some bitterness there. Yeah, and they turned down a lot of money to stick around as yes. well. So there you go. But yeah, let us know what you think, guys, in the comment section below. Uh, thank you for joining us today. You can follow us on Twitter at WhatCulture.com. WWE, you can follow Michael at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Andy H Murray. The H stands for Christo Stoichkov, who's uh, a very, legend. Yeah, and comparable to me in terms of footballing ability. <laughs> Shut up. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.